0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Good morning, Heartway. Wow, good morning, Heartway. Good morning. There we go. would you believe that Danny had the nerve when I sat down to ask me hey man how you gonna get on the stage I was like man don't you know I'm the mental muscle coach it's like man this is why I wear these tight clothes so y'all know what I'm working with you know what I'm saying (laughs) I only need one foot (laughs) you know my doctor described This injury is a freak accident. I was boxing one day and all I did was take a step back. I take a step back and I hear a loud pop and I feel like somebody struck me in the back of my leg. So I jump up and turn around to see who hit me. Then I remember there was no one else in the room. Found out I had a completely torn Achilles gonna need surgery it's gonna be about a six-month recovery period but you know the interesting thing over these past two and a half weeks that I've been you know basically getting real comfortable on my couch ordering a lot of Uber Eats you know what I mean putting my Netflix to work it's been interesting to notice that even though my body is stationary I haven't stopped moving the only difference is I now realize that because my awareness has gone away from my physical movement, I now realize how much mental movement I have, how much I'm constantly identified with my thinking, how much, even when my body's stationary, my mind is scurrying as if there's always somewhere it needs to go. And so I'm being reminded in this period that this is a gift. Genuinely Not on some, you know giving you guys some BS story about oh, I'm grateful the Lord struck me. No, I was pretty pissed (laughs) But I realized that there's another side to that stick and that side is I'm getting an opportunity to bring my awareness into the remembrance of what grace really is It's an opportunity to feel peace, it's an opportunity to enter into calm, an opportunity to experience life and joy in the way that God called for us to. And so I'd simply like for you to think of this centering prayer as an invitation to be at peace, an invitation to not be identified with movement, You don't even need to be yourself right now. Just be. Everything that is dynamic, everything that moves, just observe it. But this is a chance to build that muscle. And so with that being said, I invite you all to get comfortable. And remember that there's no right or wrong way to do that. If it feels authentic to you, you may close your eyes and bring your full awareness to your breath. As you inhale. feel your stomach extending, filling you up with energy and love. And as you exhale, allow every weight that does so easily beset you, every stressor, every challenge, Let it empty out of your body as if you just poked a hole in a balloon. I invite you to give up performance in this space. Stop worrying about your neighbor. Stop worrying about how you appear to others. Stop worrying about looking cool. Stop worrying about looking acceptable. This is an intimate
0: space.
1: All you have to do, and you don't even have to, is just observe your breath. Observe its inflow and its outflow. See just see if you can do that one thing completely if you can breathe with your whole awareness. There's a reason why God's name, Yahweh, is mirrored in our breath. He's expressing to us, you can find me here. Just stay in this. Watch how I caress you. I dare you. your breath so completely that you become it you're doing amazingly that peace you feel now that you've become your breath that life. That restorative energy. This isn't coming to you. It's not happening to you. It is you. for love itself to think itself unlovable how amusing for love itself to think itself unworthy how amusing for love itself to think itself incapable separate from God. (laughs) Those thoughts are just illusions. You are love. I am. The next time you hear me say the word surrender, allow yourself to die. 10 times deeper into this piece. sensations that arise, they're just entertainers for you. Just observe them like clouds in the sky that you are, but just let go.
0: What's up, Heartwave family? Happy Sunday. So happy to see you. High five for our incredible worship team. You guys are amazing. Miko. Everybody remember when I embarrassed him last time? Y'all weren't here, but I'll tell you that story another time. How are we feeling? How are you doing? You made it to church, bro. I'm happy. Good, man. Everybody good? What's going on? I'm just trying to talk, man, what? Everybody acting all weird and stuff, man. You want me to perform for you or something? Is that what we're doing here? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm very grateful, very grateful to be here. It's my birthday tomorrow. That's cool. Turning 32, so that's going to be awesome. And then my wife and I celebrate seven years of marriage. Seven, right? It's, I think it's seven. I'm pretty sure it's seven. Seven years of marriage the following Sunday on August 29th. So it's a good month for us, very cool month. I signed up for a new gym. It's been killing me. Cause I never do like circuit classes and stuff like that. I usually like go to my own gym and talk for 20 minutes in between each set with Ryan and just go at my own pace. But at this gym, it's like they constantly got you moving and going. And I'm like dying. But I'm here. I'm alive. I'm good. I feel like I got a nice little pump. <laughs> so there's this wonderful quote by a Sufi mystic. His name is Rumi. He says, out beyond ideas of right doing and wrongdoing, there is a field. And I will meet you there. A lot of people, when they come to places of worship like this, they come thinking that this is a place where you will be prescribed certain morals that you then need to devote your life to. But we are not in the business here of teaching morality. Morality is nice, it's good, but sometimes the most moral people outwardly (laughs) are the most hypocritical people inwardly. And so what we're interested in here at Heartway isn't necessarily morality. We're interested in in wholeness. The point isn't for you to be a saint. The point is for you to be yourself. See, whatever image you may have of yourself right now in this moment, whether it's a good image or a bad image, is still just an image. And you are not whatever image it is that you have of yourself in your head. And it goes both ways. You may think you are the worst human being in the world. And you have a bad self-image. That is not what is ultimately true about you. On the other side, you may think you are just this holy, righteous, do-good person. And, and that's your image. You, That's it. But that is not the fullness of who you are. The truth about who you are is somewhere in the middle. You're a sinner and a saint. You're good and you're bad. And instead of grabbing on to these images, what if we dropped all of our self-images and just totally sunk into love? Love is what allows you to embrace yourself as you are. And that's where all healing actually begins. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in guilt and shame if you're on the negative polarity, or you're going to be stuck in a sense of self-righteousness and pride if you're in the positive polarity. Drop your self-image. Drop these ideas of right-doing or wrong-doing. Love takes you beyond all of those things. And where love has to begin is with you, within yourself. To love myself as I am. Total self acceptance. We're so scared of that because we think that if I just totally accept myself as I am, I'm gonna just go crazy and do whatever I want. But you already are crazy and do whatever you want. You just feel horribly guilty about it. (laughs) And it makes you do those things even more. Let's try love, grace, and self acceptance for a change. Can you just, let's just try it. Just try it. Try it and see what will come about as a result of that in your life. You start being more gentle with yourself. That's going to reverberate in your relationships with other people. You start showing yourself grace completely and totally as you are. You'll be able to start extending that now to other people. And before you know it, this love that began with just the love of self becomes the love of neighbor, becomes the love of enemy becomes the love of God, thus becoming the love of everything. But you have to start really small. You have to start really small. Sometimes you just have to start with you. All right, that was all extra. None of that was actually a part of my sermon. (laughs) What I actually want to talk to you about today is following your bliss. And specifically, my message today is for those of you who feel kind of worn out and tired in life. Anybody feel worn out and tired? I think the two phrases that my wife and I say the most on a daily basis are, I'm hungry and I'm tired. (laughs) I'm gonna start that IG account one day. I'm hungry and I'm tired. And it's just gonna be a bunch of memes complaining about everything. (laughs) We're always hungry, we're always tired. Tiredness is an inevitable part of life. Nevertheless, not all Tiredness is the same kind of tiredness. There are different kinds of tired. Generally speaking, there's a good kind of tired and a bad kind of tired. The bad kind of tired is when you feel totally burnt out, like you're giving something that you don't actually have. You're mentally, emotionally, spiritually drained. Maybe you feel like you just keep hitting a wall. You're trying and you're trying, but you feel like you have no sense of deeper purpose. You're not getting any results out of what it is that you're doing, or you're doing something that you really don't want to be doing, and so you're exhausted, exhausted that you're still in the same place, that you're still in the same situation, that you're still in the same circumstance. On the other side of that is the good kind of tired. The good kind of tired is... That feeling you get when you complete something that you just put your entire heart and soul into. right? Maybe you just graduated from school. Or maybe you got a promotion at work. Or maybe you got a really good workout in at the gym. And when you're done, you feel so good. You may be exhausted. You may be so tired. But it's a good kind of tired. Like you'll sign up to be that kind of tired again. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do in life. You're going to be tired. Even being lazy and not doing anything makes you tired. Isn't that crazy how that works? You would think just waking up late, watching Netflix all day, and eating whatever you want (laughs) will rejuvenate you but it actually makes you more exhausted and more tired. So if you're going to be tired doing something and not doing anything, you might as well be this kind of tired, the good kind of tired. The tired that comes from devoting your life to your divine calling, living in harmony with your truest, most authentic self, doing that which you were born to do. Every single one of us have a unique makeup. Unique experiences, unique skills and gift sets. We are the way that we are, not by chance, but by divine order. And who you are and how you are wired to be allows you to make a contribution to this world that nobody else can make other than you. If you haven't found that, If you haven't tapped into your sweet spot yet, the natural byproduct of that will be something called despair. Anybody ever felt despair before? Despair is a spiritual condition that arises from the belief that tomorrow is simply going to be a repeat of today. Life becomes very monotonous. It's like the same thing over and over. It's kind of like life is just a drag. You're just going through the motions. No joy, no life, no vibrancy, no energy, no excitement. Because uh, you don't like your life now. And so you project this situation into the future, and it looks really dark, really grim. If that's where you are, it doesn't matter which direction you go. It doesn't matter what you end up doing, where you end up moving. You're always going to feel like there's something that's off. Because for some reason or another, you are hiding or running away from who you are and what you are here to do. When it comes to this topic of despair, when you read the scriptures, the Hebrew people experienced a whole lot of despair. Especially when you read their origin story in the book of Exodus. These people were slaves in Egypt for four years hundred years. And I want to give you a glimpse into what their day-to-day life was. Talk, talk about life being monotonous. Exodus 1, 11 through 14. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them Ruthlessly, they made their lives bitter with harsh labor, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in their demands. So everything about these people's existence was based on this belief that I exist in order to produce That's all they knew. I am here to mix mortar and make bricks for my master every single day. And so it's extremely telling that when these slaves experienced their liberation, that they began to establish a communal rhythm known as keeping the Sabbath. Anybody heard of the Sabbath? One of the Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath day holy, the whole premise behind keeping Sabbath is to just set apart one day in your entire week to rest, to remind yourself that you are not a human doing, but a human being. You and I do not exist to meet the never-ending consumeristic demands of our culture, and yet For a lot of us, all life is is about attaching our sense of worth and our sense of value and pinning our identity to how much we accomplish, how much we gain, how far we go, how many people know us, how successful we can be. We think that we exist to produce that is a very different life trajectory than that of living out your divine calling. It's the difference between living for your security and living for your passion. If you put your security in front of your passion, you are selling yourself short in life. Because your passion may involve you taking steps, in a certain direction that involves almost little to no security at all. Because you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So if you're living for your passion, you're going to be living a life of adventure. If you're living for your security, well, you're, you're just going to kind of play it safe. You're going to play it safe. So to live in this mode that I exist to produce, to attach my identity and my value to how much I am able to do and gain and accomplish, how far I am able to go. If I live just for my security or just so that other people can approve of me or applaud me, I'm missing out on a lot of what life has to offer. To live in order to produce is to work and to do what you do in order to get something out of it. To live to fulfill your divine calling is about doing what you do and giving yourself to your work for the sake of the work itself. Like You're not really interested in what's going to come out of it. You're just doing what you're doing for the love of it. Does that make sense? You're not doing it for anything other than just doing it. It's like with Heartway. I mean, I do it just because I love to do it. If there were 10 people, which since coronavirus happened, there were some weekends where we did have 10 people up in here. Whether there's 10 people or there's 100 people. I'm still going to do what I'm doing because I'm not doing it for any other reason than just my love and passion for what it is that I'm here to do. This is just what I'm here to do. Even if Heartway didn't exist, I'd probably be in somebody's backyard or in my living room with a group of five people having these kind of discussions because this is just a part of me. There's there isn't some sort of agenda behind this. So what if you can tap into whatever that looks like for for you? If you really want to experience fulfillment in life, don't follow the money, follow the bliss. And I'm borrowing this phrase of following your bliss from uh, the professor of religion and mythology, Joseph Campbell. And he studied so many of the great wisdom traditions. He loved to look into the symbolism and the metaphors and the myths of these traditions. And he summarizes so much of his gleanings and learnings in this phrase, follow your bliss. Look at what he says here. Follow your bliss. If you do follow your bliss, you put yourself on a kind of track that has been there all the while waiting for you. And the life you ought to be living is the one you are living. When you can see that, you begin to meet people who are in the field of your bliss, and they open the doors to you. I say follow your bliss and don't be afraid, and doors will open where you didn't know they were going to be. If you follow your bliss, doors will open for you that wouldn't have opened for anyone else. There's always something inside of you that knows whether or not you're following your bliss. It knows whether you're in your lane or not. And if you get off of your lane to get into somebody else's lane, that's what it means to sell your soul. That's what it means to lose your life. If you're truly living out your divine calling, and let's just say worst case scenario, you get no results from it. You get no money in the process. Well, if you still have your bliss, if you still have your happiness as a result of giving yourself to that which you were born to do, you are richer than most people in this world. But what keeps us from actually stepping into this is the big F-bomb, fear, fear. Following my bliss seems too dangerous. What if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? What if they don't support me? What if they don't understand me? What if the outcomes I am expecting don't come to pass? The reality is everything you think may happen may possibly happen. That thing you fear the most may actually happen. They may not understand you. They may not support you. You may not experience the success. You may stumble and fail the whole way. But you choose to do it anyways because the adventure itself is its own reward. The experience of it all, with all of its ups and downs and twists and turns, is what becomes your prize who you are becoming in the process of living out your divine calling, that is what makes all of the rest of this stuff worth it. But in our culture, we settle for what a lot of people call work-life balance. You ever heard of that phrase? Work-life balance. Another word for baloney. Okay? Work-life balance implies that there is... Division and opposition between work and life. And so when we fall into this trap of work-life balance, we start to believe that the way to live life is just to begrudgingly tolerate a job that I really don't like, but is getting me kind of the money that I need so that hopefully I can get some time off and use that money to actually enjoy and live my life. If you have to escape from your life to enjoy it, you don't have a life, not abundant life, not eternal life, not the God kind of life, not a fulfilled life, not a happy life. How you do this moment is how you do every moment. How you do this moment is how you do every moment. So how can I find satisfaction and fulfillment in this moment There's a man by the name of Brother Lawrence who wrote a little book that is a classic Christian spiritual text called The Practice of the Presence of God. And in that book, he says, it is not necessary to do great things. I turn my little omelet in the pan for the love of God. You understand? How can life be monotonous at that point when you've learned to turn your little omelet in the pan for the love of God? What? How can something so ordinary, so insignificant, actually bring so much satisfaction and fulfillment? I know for us, this sounds like, yeah, right, that's not real. I invite you to explore the beauty of the smallest, most seemingly insignificant aspects Of your life I like to call it alignment alignment is what happens when you marry passion and work when you marry passion and work okay when you marry passion and work now there is no more divide it's just flow it's just flow you pour yourself out into that which you love as an act of love and service to God and all of humanity and the satisfaction and the fulfillment that comes from that is priceless. It is priceless. But if you value your security over your passion, you will think that by just having your empire set up really nice, you're going to be happy in your life. And let me tell you something. It's never enough. I know people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars. They still live paycheck to paycheck. And they're still scrambling to, you know. There's more. There's more. Alignment is that more. But in order to live in alignment like this, it's going to take a lot of courage. A lot of courage. It's going to take Faith in your own sense of divine purpose. And there is a joy that you can experience that cannot be experienced in any other way than by diving headfirst into that which you were born to do. A lot of courage, a lot of faith, because it involves a whole lot of risk. But if you're willing to take that step, if you're willing to dive deep, there is a treasure for you there the treasure of real, lasting, genuine fulfillment. Why is it that a lot of us hesitate? Why is it that so many of us rather play it safe? What I've noticed is that so many people think that they need to see the whole staircase before they take the first step. Listen, you don't need to know where you're going before you go. Just go. It will be shown to you. (laughs) The, the, The path will open before you but you've gotta be willing to just go. In the book of Genesis, when God calls Abraham, the father of faith, as he's called in the scriptures, God asked Abraham to leave his family, leave his tribe, leave his village, to leave everything that he knew behind, to go where he did not know he was going. And with every step of faith, came new doors, new possibilities, new opportunities. The same is true for you and I. There comes a point in time in every human being's life that you have to be willing to leave behind everything that you know and take that adventure into the unknown. Scary? Yes. Worth it? Absolutely. Very worth it. And so if you are in this place of despair, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you feel like you're out of alignment, if you know that you were born to do something, but you haven't really tapped in yet out of your fear, out of your precaution, maybe a good place for you to start so that you can get back in your lane is practicing curiosity. Just start getting curious about what your next step needs to be. Even if it's a very small step, take that step. Don't underestimate the power of small beginnings. It's like that meme I've seen a million times, spiritual quote, the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with a single step. It's true. Just one single step. Curiosity implies exploration. Exploration means moving out into the unknown. So when you're curious, you're going to go places that you've never been before. And in that going, in that movement, there will be risk. It may not be safe. When we're children, we embrace curiosity. We embrace the unknown. We're willing to go where we've never been before. But somewhere along the line, when we become teens, when we get into adulthood, we start being taught and we start believing that we need anxiety in order to feel safe. And so if I'm going to be a good parent, I have to worry a lot about my kids. If my financial picture is going to be good. I have to make sure that I really worry about all of the worst case scenarios and protect myself at all costs. If I worry a lot about getting sick, maybe I'll stay healthy. (laughs) And you know the complete opposite is true. Anxiety (laughs) kills, (laughs) literally. Anxiety brings stress. Anxiety and stress. Stress is a detriment to your health, to your mental and emotional state, to your life situation. Because it's all about trying to control that which is uncontrollable. Life is uncontrollable. You can't even control yourself. What makes you think you're going to control somebody else? What makes you think you're going to control the situation that you're in? You can try, and you will be very frustrated. If you really want control, let go of all control. That's another big, scary one. (laughs) But I'm I'm just telling you what I know. And what I know is that I don't know much (laughs) and that nothing is under control, at least not mine. Control is about telling your life what you intend to do with it. Curiosity is about listening to what your life intends to do with you. Very different way to operate in this world. But when you live from this posture of openness and curiosity, that is when you become that much more sensitive to the stirrings of the spirit in the deepest recesses of your soul. That's when you can tap into intuition, your natural intelligence, your divine radar. And that whisper of the spirit, those nudges of the spirit, that natural intelligence within you, that divine wisdom that is already in you will lead you and guide you and never make you go astray. A couple quotes. I forgot one by Alan Watts. I really want you to read this. This is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with what you are doing in the here and now. And instead of calling it work, realize it is play. And then the last one, and I'll wrap up in prayer by Don Miguel Ruiz. He wrote a book called The Four Agreements. Very good if you guys want to pick that up. Very popular and easy to understand. He says, to be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive. The risk to be alive and to express what we really are. Just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. We have learned to live our life trying to satisfy other people's demands. We have learned to live by other people's point of view because of the fear of not being accepted and of not being good enough for someone else. So if you really want to live, throw out your plan B. Right? You know that God gave you a plan A. I know there's a double meaning there with the plan B. Okay, that's not what I was talking about, because that was not funny. But I see everyone smiling like, all right. (laughs) Hey, I was going to put someone on blast right now, but I'm not. But it has to do with the plan B. And it's hilarious. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. But throw away the plan B. Okay, plan A is the plan that God gave you. Go with plan A. If it, like, if you butcher it, if you mess it up, if it doesn't go the way that you thought it was gonna go, then there will be another plan A. But let go of the plan B. Because that plan B just means fear. That plan B just means you actually don't have the courage and the faith to execute and live out what the divine has placed within your heart. And I'm telling you this as somebody who, who, since has been a young little boy, has had the plan B ingrained within him. I can't not think of plan B. In fact, I'm going to think of plan C, D, E, F, G, and the rest of them. Because I just got to make sure. You know, if it goes wrong here, I already got his other plan. <laughs> no. Plan A. Fearless, courageous, filled with faith. And all of the failures that come along the way are a part of it. Like, we like to isolate incidents. But you have no idea what one particular event or incident may lead to in the future. So what right now may seem like a misfortune (laughs) can actually lead to the most fortunate thing to ever happen to you. I told you guys a while ago about all of my crypto being stolen. Maybe you were here for that sermon, maybe you weren't. I put some money into cryptocurrency, and somebody hacked into my account and took all of it. Right. So I had a friend of mine who was so kind, so generous, that They decided to basically give me my original investment back for nothing. Just here, take it. Because I know you were asking me for advice and I feel a little bad that I told you to start investing in there and now all your money is gone. So here, wow, what a gift. Okay, that happened 24 hours after it was taken. Now, I've read online like hundreds and hundreds of people complaining about the fact that they had their cryptocurrency stolen and they never got it back. Like, it's just, these people, they're not going to write you back. There's no number to call for the app that is the host of this crypto that I bought. There's just an email that you write to, and you write them an email, and you get an automated response back. Okay, so from may it was funny because yesterday i was looking through the emails that i sent them at first it was like really nice then the third email (laughs) the the third email (laughs) i haven't heard anything the third email this was like july already my subject title is this is getting ridiculous exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point i want my money back (laughs) all right can you believe after four months of silence Yesterday night, I get an email from Coinbase telling me that this shouldn't have happened and they realized that my funds got stolen and they're going to give it back. So now, because those funds were stolen, very misfortunate event, bad event, because of that one misfortunate incident, not only Am I getting my money back? But now I have double of what I initially had because my friend was so kind to give that to me. <laughs> so can you imagine if when that happened, oh my god, it's the end of the world. Oh, my money's gone. What am I going to do? I spent so long saving this money. Now I don't have it anymore. My wife's going to kill me. You never know the cause and effect. You never know how one event is going to turn into another event, into another event, into another event, and the very thing that you think is your misfortune turns out to be very fortunate for you. So no need to label a situation or circumstance that you're going through now as being good or bad. Because the reverse is true. You may think right now what's happening is very good, but you don't know what this will lead to in the future. So just learn how to accept the present moment, to be fully invested here now where you are. And understand that the stumbling and the failure is all a part of the process. If we're really going to speak absolute truth, there is no such thing as failure, and there is no such thing as getting off track, and there is no such thing as misalignment. Because even what you think is misalignment is alignment, especially if we are talking in terms of divine providence. If we really come to accept that everything that happens, happens as it should happen. Because there is a universal divine intelligence that is at work in and and through all things. Like the scriptures say, everything works together for your good. So God is good and God is in everything. And so in every season and every up and down and every issue and every problem, I can say it is good for me that this has occurred. And guess what? If it doesn't seem good to me now in this moment, that just means I have a lack of vision and I'm not seeing things from a bigger picture. And so little by little, I start to let go of what I believe to be the objective reality about this situation. And I let God go to work. This is how you fearlessly and courageously and faithfully live out your divine calling. God, thank you so much for bringing us together. I pray that you would instill in us the courage and the faith that we need to step out into our calling. There may be risk involved. There's definitely going to be a lot of fear involved. But we know that you are leading us and directing us and guiding us every step of the way. And so we don't need to see the whole picture before we start to go. We're just going to go. Knowing and trusting that all of it is working out together for our good. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. Happy Sunday once again. I hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll catch you next weekend, 11 a.m. Bring a friend.